Alright everybody, I am back for day 53 of 100 and we're continuing with this Enneagram Creativity series and tonight we're, we're jumping into the types. We are going to look at type 1 and explore some of their creative gifts and some of their creative struggles and just a couple ideas for growing edges for cultivating more creativity in your life as a type 1. So let's do it. Some of the basics, just as refreshers, uh, ones are motivated by this need to be perfect, to live their life in the right way, including improving themselves and the world around them. Uh, and that, that need is formed uh, around this desire to be good um, and uh, needing to be assured that they are good and not in some way corrupted or defective. And so they become very values-oriented. Uh, so the va values and, and morals and ethics are very important to ones. And their defense mechanism, which we'll talk about for each type, because I think it's related often uh, to our creative um, output, and their defense mechanism is control of reaction. So kind of any, um, any instinctual or emotional reaction ones have, the defense mechanism is to control that, to repress it, to almost do the opposite of what is felt. And so they become very contained. And part of creativity's value for ones is kind of a loosening of that rigid containing or controlling of their, of their reactions, of their instincts, of their feelings. And we'll get more into that. But let's start with the gifts. I think ones have a real host of creative giftings, and I think they can be um, quite uh, naturally creative uh, a lot of the time. They have that attention to detail that can be very valuable. They, they have this ability to reform and improve just about anything they encounter. And so much of creativity is not um, making something totally new out of thin air. It's combining and connecting things that already exist and um, improving or reforming, uh, perhaps, things that are already in place. Uh, you know, we're always working with some something that exists or, or some combination of things that have already been created uh, to create something new, to innovate. And so that ability to always see what could be improved uh, can serve the one really well in creativity. Their integrity, their ethics uh, come into play and, and can be very valuable. Their emphasis on quality is a real gift. They're very practical uh, people, they, they tend to be, and so they're not going to swim in the subjective end of the pool for so long that uh, that they don't actually get things done or move into action. They're going to, to okay, how do we convert these ideas or these concepts practically into something and how do we iterate on that and that's really valuable and and kind of rare for some artists uh, some of us really um, feel at home in the, the subjective and the practicality and objective viewpoint that ones can bring can be really helpful they have a, a real tendency to work for their ideals or some higher purpose again that uh, that ethical drive, the the values orientation, and so not only can they 
make things uh, or create things that are valuable in the world. But, you know, well, they're, they're valuable in the world. That's a key part. There's a real um, kind of purpose often to what one's desire to put their time toward um, in a way that, that does contribute to this improving of the world. They tend to be very innovative within structure, but they need that structure in place uh, to have some guidelines to know kind of how they're measuring up because they're kind of always mindful of that. Uh, but they can be quite innovative if they do have that structure in place first. And of course, they will often kind of advocate uh, for the disadvantaged or uh, those who um, may be experiencing injustice. Creative struggles that ones can encounter uh, is first and foremost the the perfectionism and the inner critic that they live with. This kind of volume turned up on that inner critical voice, and it's it's very hard to even start sometimes creating things, and but certainly to finish them um, with this uh, tendency f- toward perfectionism. And as part of that, you know, they are afraid to be wrong and, and that can lead to avoiding risks, but risks are really inherent and, and necessary in creating anything new. You have to willingly say, you know, this might not work and that's okay. It's still worth exploring and, and that can be difficult. Uh, sometimes they have black and white thinking or kind of naturally all or nothing thinking. And there's just a lot of gray area in making anything new and in um, the process between the, the start and the finish of anything. And uh, they're going to tend to work compulsively with no downtime. And and we know that, you know, huge parts of, of the creative process and really kind of letting the brain ramble and and have time to process and make connections requires that downtime. Um, there's a, there's a default network in the brain that is activated when we are uh, not hyper-focused on a task and it's really essential to creativity. And if you're working all the time and not slowing down and not leaving any space, then you don't have as, as much of that time. It's kind of like when people say their best ideas always come like in the shower uh, that is what's happening. You, you can't multitask in the shower or not very safely anyway. <laughs> Ones can have difficulty delegating, not trusting others to do things right. So if it's a collaborative creative process, that can be a problem. Uh, they can become overly focused on the problems that are involved. Their, their attention is going to what is wrong or what could be improved. And even if you know 90% of, of things are, are good and, and going well, they might get overly focused on the 10% that's not, and that can be a barrier to moving forward and um, creating things. All right, so just a few ideas for creative growing edges. First and foremost, and I say this in in most um, workshops about one's creativity or not, uh, something that, that can be helpful is to personify that inner critic and to give it a name. And this helps you to regain agency because you have an actual named voice uh, to talk to when it's uh, really beating up on you or giving you a hard time. You know, you can respond to it and say, hey, Francis, thanks 
for trying to help, but like, this is good and I've got it and we're okay, you know, stuff like that. But something we're going to look at for each of these types is how the movement uh, along the lines uh, in the direction of the arrows for stress and security uh, can really help uh, revitalize and feed uh, the creativity in each of these numbers. And I think ones actually have some really, really helpful moves. And remember, you know, I, I don't teach that you only take on the, the negative characteristics of the stress number and vice versa for the security number. We, we can access things we need and valuable resources from both points. So I think when the one can access that seven energy, and that's the security number, um, they can they can have activities that are just for fun, and that can really loosen up again some of the control or the rigidity, and let in some humor. Ones can be quite uh, funny and clever, and it can help them embrace and enjoy the process for itself without having to have everything in place before starting and knowing every step. Uh, of how to get from point A to point Z. Uh, they can just kind of loosen up, start in, appreciate the process, be a little more flexible, and that can be really valuable. They, there's also a, a real freedom in that seven point, and sevens are highly, highly visionary. And so bringing in some of that visionary way of seeing with the ones um, organization and attention to detail and quality and all of that. I mean, it can just be a, a real powerhouse there um, in the realm of creativity. And when one's access the four energy, they can look inward and access more complex emotions than they're often willing to engage. And, and in that, they can start to see that there's more than one right way of doing things helps them embrace some of that gray area that they wouldn't kind of in that home base one space. And this can help them prioritize connection over correctness uh, or people and, and connecting with people over perfection. And that can be a really valuable resource for ones to tap into. Okay. Uh, a couple of like patron artists, I'm calling it, people of uh, each type that um, have some creative achievement that is is of interest. Um, for ones, I think Joan Baez is often thought to be a one, the musician and civil rights activist. Mahatma Gandhi is, is an excellent example of ones. Christina Cleveland is an author and racial justice um, advocate. Uh, that's working now and doing interesting work. And finally, Brene Brown has confirmed for the world that she is a one. And I think her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, is a great book for, for any ones to read and has a whole part on cultivating creativity and the value of that and her initial resistance to that and and then coming to appreciate it. And to close, I'll share this quote, which I always think of in the context of creativity in general, but uh, particularly for ones, because Scott Adams says that creativity is making mistakes. Art is knowing which ones to keep. And I think there's really something there. And, and so, you know, this avoiding mistakes at all costs for ones really does inhibit 
creativity. Creativity in a way is is actually making mistakes. It's not just that there's room for making mistakes, but but that is the the game. That is the process. And art is knowing which of those to keep and run with and and work with and bring to fruition. So um each of these sections of my workshop, and this was just an excerpt of that, but each of them center around a mantra for each type. And the mantra for ones is really simple. Just done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And I will actually just let that sit. I will, I will leave you with that. And I will be back tomorrow with uh, with type two. Bye.